Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? Our learning is on. It's I, Van Lathan Jr. And it's me, Rachel and Lindsay. You're turning into one of them now, huh? You're becoming Mountain a. Lion. You're becoming Mount Lion, as you would say. You're becoming Mountain Lion. Mountain, Mountain Lion is the greatest. <laughs> I just wish I saw that Rick Ross got two like, like real lions. I don't like that shit. Mm-hmm. But I do wish that like I could connect with Mountain Lion. You know why mountain lion? What? Where did the, like? Why that animal? You know what happened? You know what happened? This is what happened, and I don't want to spend too much time on it because people think I'm obsessed. But let me tell you what happened. You are. What happened was I told you I gave you a very fair warning about mountain lion early on in this podcast, and then you threw it back in my face. Let's be honest. You threw it back in my face. That's what I mean. Like if we're if we're being honest, you threw it back in my face. That's fine. It's fine, Rachel. You threw it back in my face. Whatever. Okay? Fine. And so that that made me research him. And that made a lot of other people around the world send mountain lion related content as much as they could. Rachel, what happened is I fell in love with mountain lion. It's getting out of control. With the majesty. I fell in love with the craftiness. I fell I fell in love with the plight. No, it's out of control because it followed me to Louisiana. It followed me to the outside. (laughs) My cousin tried to scare me about mountain lions because he listens to the podcast. Shout out to Tremaine. Because he listens to the podcast and because you've talked about it so much, he says something about mountain lions. I said, I can't escape it. Here I am in White Oak, Louisiana, and I can't escape mountain lion. You know what's crazy is it's probably you're probably more connected to Mountain Lion than I am. That's enough. Enough. It is. It's true because this was really about you figuring out your whatever. You know what? Enough. How was your trip to Dallas? Was it was it hot? It was hot. I didn't spend that much time outside, but I've still been mm-hmm. in Dallas. Here's the thing. You're not in Dallas now. I'm not in Dallas. I got in this morning, but I got stuck in Dallas last night. I was supposed to be here. I was in the airport for hours. I was one of those people. They kept pushing back my flight. 30 minutes delayed, an hour, an hour and a half, two hours. I was like, you know what? I'm going to stick it out because I checked the bag, which I don't like to check bags, but I had to check the bag. I'm going to see it through. They move us. We switch terminals. I go to the other terminal. I'm in line for Subway. I'm like, got to eat dinner. As soon as I step in line, they're like, your flight's canceled. Subway, nigga. Had to. Had Subway. Nothing else was open because I waited so late. I said, I'm having the subway. Got an alert. Your flight's canceled. I had been in the airport for four hours. Then I had to try to find my bag because I don't know what they do, right? Do Does the bag stay? Do you wait for your bag? This has never happened to me before. Customer service line, I am not even exaggerating. At least 200 people. I thought these people are going to be here forever. So I bought another flight and then tried to reroute my bag. For, t- for the morning, and they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, I did it for you. Okay, great. Get to the airport, go back home to my parents, get to the airport this morning, get there early. I'm not an early airport person. I hate to get there early. I check again. She's like, you know what? No news is good news. I'm pretty sure your bag is on this flight. I'm like, okay, baggage doesn't claim, ticket doesn't say that. She's like, I'm pretty sure it's on. I land in Burbank. It tells me 
my uh, bags are at LAX. They put them on the first flight in the morning to LAX. Where are they now? I don't know. Still don't know. I got to leave tomorrow for Vegas. I don't have any of my stuff. I'll be honest with you. You don't have any of your stuff. You're back at home. You got all kinds of other stuff you could wear. My good wig was in there. I, <laughs> the stuff I hold my wig down with was in there. My specialized face wash, face wash, because you know I'm struggling with my skin. Like I have some stuff in there. I feel you. It's it's annoying. It's annoying. I can't and, go to know, Vegas looking travel, crazy. I can't. So I, look, I understand, Rachel. Kalika's gonna be by herself. I understand. It's funny. I was Shout out to, to me and Kalika going, going to Vegas. Going to Vegas. Watch. Tomorrow. Want to watch some people cosplay as R and B stars? <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, Donnie, Donnie, you know what I heard Rachel say? What? I heard her say, "Check." Fall, you better run a make on that license plate. You could have had a V8 and stand up a twenty-eight slug to your cranium. I got six and I'm aiming them. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. You better check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> me and Donnie were just going over. Before Rachel got on, me and Donnie, for some reason, I hit Donnie with a random verse, and then Donnie knew the song. And then me and Donnie just, I started singing Check Yourself. And then Donnie came back, and me and Donnie started just going back and oh, forth. Oh, I missed out. Yeah, I love I loved that song. Donnie. That's, that's my favorite Ice Cube. Yeah. Donnie, give the people a little bit of Check Yourself. Check yourself for your wreck yourself, cause I'm bad for your health. I come real stuff, dropping bombs on your moms. Dropping bombs on your moms. Doing foul crimes on my nigga with the Alpine 7460. Always letting tricks know. <laughs> you know what? Cut, clip that. Let's play that for Cube. <laughs> that song is hard, man. That song is hard. I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I think I'll. I love Cube, man. My summer vacation. I love so much Cube. Cube is the man. That's Cube's hardest record to me. I'm not going to lie. But he also got four or five niggas in the mothership. Better known as the <laughs> lynch mob. He got so many joints. Can't wait to have Cube on the show. By the way, when we, when I have Cube on the show, I'm just going to disappoint y'all because I'm not going to do a whole bunch of talking about the goddamn Trump contract with black America shit. That shit is washed. Rachel could talk about it. I'm going to talk about other <laughs> stuff. You calling me washed? You calling me washed? No. You have, to, you have to address it. We have to talk about it, though. Fine. I'll ask those you questions. Have, you could talk. Yeah, you could talk about it. I want to talk about You know what I want to ask you? There's something that happened in Straight Outta Compton that I don't think ever happened in life. This is what my question for Ice Cube is. Um, They were going in to perform... And Easy gives out a bunch of shirts or whatever, and then he goes, "Let's get this money." Mm-hmm. I don't think Easy ever said that. <laughs> That's what you go. <laughs> no, every time I see and that I, part, I can distinctly see that part. <laughs> every time, every time I see that part, let's get that money. It was an ad. I don't think. I like, look. I. I don't think he said that, man. And they all laughed. On, so you got to ask you got to ask him if he laughed at that in real I'm life too. Ask him. <laughs> I'm going to ask him if he laughed at it. I'm going to ask him if Easy ever went. Let's get this money. I don't think he ever said and that. And if y'all don't life. know, we have Q coming up on the show. We aren't just saying this isn't a hypothetical thing. We will actually ask these questions. We'll have an ice cube. 
And obviously we have to talk about some of that stuff, but I really want to, I want to get to, cause I'm, I don't, I don't want, let me tell you something, man. And this is very problematic. What I'm about to say last night, there was a lot of Michael Jackson watched in this house. What you watch? So, some, so I can't remember how we got on this, but watch Captain EO. You know, at the end, he does another part of me. And another part of me is like such a fucking, oh man, it's just so hard, man. It's just like a, when I was a little kid, man, and like, I was afraid of like the end of the world. Like the rapture, every, as in like the rapture? Not the rapture. I was never as afraid of the rapture. Let me tell you, what, can I tell you why I was never afraid of the rapture? Please. I was never afraid of the rapture because you can really you really can't lose in the rapture. You know? Um, you can be left behind. Even if you're left behind, now you know what you got to do to get right. <laughs> see when, when see right. see if so yeah, so if you get wrapped up into the rapture, right? Number one, now it's like, oh, they're gone. Okay, so it's time to get right. Okay, my bad. I didn't do well, well enough on the first time, but now I gotta go to summer school. And summer school is the people that's left behind. Now, now it's gonna be it's gonna suck, right? Yes. It's gonna suck for everybody. It's gonna be really bad. But still, you know what's at the end of the tunnel. So, like, what the hell is the big deal? The rapture is just kind of like to me, it was the uh the national anthem before the big game. Like I'm ready now. Like I'm ready. This means we start. Hell no, Donnie. Were you scared of the rapture? Terrified. That Left Behind movie. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. was bad. Yeah. That was bad. Yeah. They, like they couldn't. They couldn't buy no. They couldn't buy no groceries. You know they get. They can't play basketball. They can't do nothing. Not Christian, basketball. Kill you. You know what I mean? But um. So look. So this is the this is the issue with Michael Jackson. I know people love when we're hypocrites on this show because everybody is so pure out there. You guys don't have anything that's difficult for you to confront. I was afraid of like a nuclear war in the world war, right? And another part of me would come on and the song would comfort me because I'm serious because Michael Jackson would be like, this is my message to you. Like we're all together. You're just another part of me. We're all together. And I would look at a concert on TV with Michael Jackson and I would see so many different people going nuts. I would see white people. I would see black people. I would see people for the. I would see so many other people gathered around this message that in my head as a kid who was scared of thermonuclear warfare, I would think like, like we're gonna win like we're gonna win look at everybody gathered around this message and i still feel like that the song makes me want to cry and everybody wants me to hate michael jackson and i can't do it wow that's beautiful van i say you're when okay. you're feeling down and you're feeling negative that's the song you need to press play on because obviously that's what gives you hope you that song is so powerful it can fight and win wars that's so, what you, that's what you just so said you're so Rachel. Oh, you know what, I'm a Rachel? Michael Jackson lover, so I'm not being no, I'm not being no, you're any kind me. of way. This is why you are not invited to me and Donnie's rap offs. Like well, no, me and Donnie, because gonna, I can't participate. We're gonna do <laughs> <laughs> me and Donnie are gonna do more raps. Donnie, what's your other favorite rap song? Donnie, I can only who, come who in on the bridge like? and the chorus. You knew. Check yourself, though. 
I didn't the chorus. The chorus. Right. Donnie, what else do you like? Uh, Some Snoop. Anything from the Snoop's first album, Doggy Style. Anything for anything. Come on, Donnie. With so much drama in the LBC, it's kind of hard. That was the voice, Donnie. That was the voice. Come on, come on, come on, Donnie. Sorry, somehow, some way, keep coming up. You coming up with funky ass shit like every single day. Oh, can't may I kick a little something for the G's and. <laughs> Snoop, a legend. All right, six guys, in the morning. Uh, <laughs> Rachel, we had stopped. <laughs> that counts. That counts. <laughs> Rachel came in like a like a private school kid, trying to make trying to hang out with the bad kids. Six in the morning. <laughs> Now, what you want to oh do? That's all I got. That's all I got. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that counts. <laughs> all right, guys, we got a big show. We got, uh, we're going to finally talk monkeypox, which we promise you we would do. We finally have uh, an expert to talk monkeypox with us, uh, Dr. Sabrina Asumu um, from Boston University. It's going to be on to talk about the lies and the truths about monkeypox. Maybe some truths that are hard to hear. Hmm. Upsetting. Mm. Um, and we're going to do that a little bit later but we have to start with the big deal of the day which is of course bing, 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 Donald Trump okay Rachel your father's tribe um, raided Mar-a-Lago did the judge go was he there <laughs> he was with me in Dallas he was not there he is not FBI he might as well be he's an extension he's not of the, the feds FBI. he's not the feds he is absolutely the feds. <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about? Like, I just don't want. Like, I just don't want. I just don't want to say that. <laughs> like he is to, he is basically to, like he is the DA. He's the, like he's a judge. So the, he would have he would have issued a warrant. I mean, he would have signed off. He would have signed off. Yeah, it would be so hot if he'd have issued the fuck. That had been the hottest shit. Like who issued the warrant? Fucking uh, Judge Lindsay. Judge Lindsay Earl, We'd have to right? go into hiding. Uh, this, is that what you're trying to say? My daddy looks like an Earl? He looks like an Earl. What's his first name again? Sam. Oh, shit, Sam. He's more of a Sam than he is an Earl. It's tough. <laughs> All right. Mar-a-Lago. This happened. So, we're going to, guys, we're going to go backwards a little bit just because this happened the same day we were doing the podcast. And we're always thrilled when that happens, by the way. <laughs> we're always thrilled when we do a full podcast and then... And three hours later, four hours later, or right before we go to sleep, something happens. That's mm-hmm. awesome for us. Because mm-hmm. that means it's stale by the time we get back on. And not only that, but there are four or five other things that have happened in relation. <laughs> so the FBI, uh, would you call this a raid? It was a raid. It was a raid. Um, the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago in search of classified documents that they had subpoenaed from the president, from the former president, that the former president had drug his feet in turning over. Um, Everyone that's saying that this was a political witch hunt and they had no reason to go in, you're a dummy. They had a clear reason to go in. And the reality of the situation is if Donald Trump wanted to avoid being raided, he could have cooperated with with the feds. Now, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to let 
the fact that they raided Mar-a-Lago turned me into a fan of the FBI. And I feel like that is kind of like a weird thing that's been happening. Have you been seeing that, Rachel? What do you mean? What's a weird thing? Like that people, people are all like, go FBI, go. Yeah. Go FBI, well, isn't go. it possible to applaud an act without, you know, applauding the whole thing? No. Not really. No, because I can see people saying, you know, like, good for them for... You know what I mean? Carrying out this, getting this warrant issued, going after these classified documents that should have been returned. Um, I could say applaud that act. Like kudos to Merrick Garland, which is interesting to me because I'm always like, mm, would you have rather him on the bench or would you rather him in the position that he is right now as the attorney general? Uh, but I think you can say kudos to them for doing that without just saying you know congrats to every single thing that they do or applauding them for every single thing i i i mean they can both be true there's no doubt about the fact that you're right but i'm in my feelings about it i don't like them okay kill that you want to be difficult no it's like no we mean all i want to say is oh wait that's the wrong song it's just another donnie play that every single time he gets negative (laughs) wow that would actually work um no i understand your point though it's very well taken um, but still, though, don't root for the FBI. <laughs> I'm just letting y'all know, don't root for the FBI because they they gonna fuck it up next week. This is what happens. We go, oh my god, we like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, we love you, Justin Timberlake, and then he fucks over Janet. Like, nah, don't fucking do it. Don't do it the first time. All right, so, um, this happens, and there's fallout from this. There's fallout from both sides. Uh, the fallout we get from. The the left is, hey, why did it take so long to get this done? We know that Trump is uh, some sort of master criminal, and we it took us a long time to get there. The fall off from the right is, of course, the talk of this being a political witch hunt. I watched a little bit of Fox News after, and like, God damn it, they should have oh. charged admission. They literally, Fox should have been pay-per-view after this. You should have to pay. <laughs> it, Fox News after Trump's raid was too good to be given away free. It was too good. I've never seen that much mascara running. Like is is they are they were crying over this. Like no. some real oh they're on the news losing their shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it was so fucking hilarious. Um now before we move on and talk about exactly what this all means, I do have a question. Are you at all worried? about energizing the right um, in terms of the aftermath of this raid, that they will be even more vigilant, Mm. be even more fired up to fight um, now that this happened. I am worried only if nothing comes about it. If the FBI or Merrick Garland has to come out and say they didn't find anything, then I'm worried. I am worried for the the outcome to be, which is why, you know, Merrick Garland wants the the um, warrant to be released to the public, because I think he's trying to be as forthcoming as possible to avoid the extremists who are going to talk no matter what. But maybe those people who aren't as extreme to give them an excuse to say the FBI overstepped. I would think that if they were going to take this drastic of a move, because they have to be the FBI has to be very sensitive when they're um searching politicians i believe that's what it says then they have enough information to really believe that they are searching for something in particular and they know exactly where it is that's what i believe the only my only fear is if they have to say nothing was discovered 
then that is fuel to the fire that they were, they'll say it was a witch hunt. Mm. Yeah, you're right. So here's the thing. I feel I feel like I'm not gonna go in detail about the back. I mean, you guys all know that uh this raid at the end of the day was um authorized by two people. One of them is obviously Merrick Garland. The second one is FBI uh director Chris Ray, who is of course was of course appointed by President Trump. You guys know this. This is less political than it does than it has to do with the fact that the, the National Archives and Records Administration asked for certain documents after uh, they felt like what they had received was incomplete and President Trump refused to comply for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So they subpoenaed those documents and they went in to get them. That is that. Okay. That's the reason why President Trump was uh, uh, was searched and raided, however you want to put it. I will like to tell you something. I want to tell you something, Rachel. Tell me. The warrant in this, Mary Garland spoke today. And talked about the fact that he wants the warrant released. He is he's asking for a judge to uncover the warrant. The warrant could tell the story, but it might not. What definitely will tell the story, though, is the receipt. When you when when someone comes into your house with the warrant looking for stuff. They look around for stuff. They give you the warrant. Hey, it's the warrant. But they also give you a receipt. And the receipt tells you and everybody else what they found. I've talked to some people. Okay. I've done some talking. I've done some digging. And I'm not making any promises to anyone. But some of the people that I've talked to believe that some pretty damning stuff was found down there. Well, thank God. And that the receipt will show that. And that uh, in due time, all of that will come out. And that the reason why you haven't heard a lot of the major huge voices in the Republican Party make too much of a stink about this is because behind the scenes, they're being told not to. Now, you're going to see the Marjorie Taylor Greens and I, I guess the uh, the lunatic fringe of the party do what they have to do no matter what. But there is a possibility that you know you haven't heard the you haven't heard the big guns like the Mitch McConnells and the rest of these guys kind of get involved. You've seen some stuff, but not really about the actual raid in and of itself. A lot of these guys are are are, are holding it down, holding it down. Interesting because Kevin McCarthy has spoken out. Ah, he's a, uh, he's a small fry. Well, that could that could turn in November. He's a small fry. He could he could easily become the majority leader. He's a bitch. I'll tell him to his face. Okay. And DeSantis, who obviously is extremely influential in the Republican Party as well, has spoken out. It's interesting. Interesting. Mm. Well, look, let me tell you something about DeSantis. DeSantis better like, he better be concentrating on his own shit. Because there's some people looking to come snake that nomination right up under him. DeSantis. <laughs> so sick of all of these guys. Um, All right. So. That right there, we talked. We heard from Merrick Garland today. Merrick Garland was short but sweet. Basically, he was saying that this was this wasn't politically motivated. This had to do with a very uh, straight up set of facts. Uh, those facts led us to go down there and get what we felt like we had a right to retrieve from the president. It's like I knew about it. The FBI director knew about it. I approved it. The White House had nothing to do with it. Uh, Biden and Kamala Harris. Uh, said that you know they had nothing to do with it. Biden um, 
uh, said that, yeah, you know, he's like, they, we didn't know anything about anything, which if you've been watching the president recently, you know that that's probably true. Uh, so he, <laughs> come on, man. It's, it's funny. It's funny. It's funny. He's cool, but he's, he's, he's getting up there. That's funny. It's just another part of me. Okay. okay, okay. Anyway. Um, um, and I love the Republicans calling for the defunding. How can we get the oh Republicans? Gosh. How, how can we get them to defund stuff? Like, what do we have to do? Because they they they're on our side now with the defund of the the, the law FBI. enforcement. Yeah, they yeah. want to abolish the FBI. <laughs> like what? I mean, obviously, you have to do is go after them. Then it becomes a problem. It's only a problem when it goes after them. Uh, did you see the guy that ran into the FBI agents, uh, the FBI field office in Cincinnati today, armed? He had a nail gun and uh, AR-15. The fuck is he doing with the nail gun? <laughs> don't make me laugh at him. I'm asking, like, what was it like? I, I, I don't know. I don't know what. It's almost he, like he picked it up by mistake. I don't know if he thought he grabbed something else. No, I, nothing. I, I, looks I'm telling like- you. What be happening to these people is they be having these grandiose ideas. Like he thought he was going to run into the FBI office and crucify a bunch of people. I swear. He thought he was, I'm, 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 I'm telling you, he's like, I'm going to make, he thought he was going to run into the FBI office and crucify some people. He brought a nail gun. And, you know, probably it's, it's not funny. It's like this political violence isn't funny, but all we can do a lot, such absurd times, man. Such absurd yeah, he- times. Do you think that that's just the tip of the iceberg if they I mean, because, OK, so the day the FBI goes and raids Trump, somebody tries to go attack an FBI office in Cincinnati. They're already saying that on the Web that people are talking in a way worse than they did for January 6th. Do you think this is just do you think that this is all leading to another type of sh- maybe it won't be an insurrection, but something. Do you think this is leading to this? Do you think this uh, is inevitable? inevitable now that we've seen this this raid like let's just say they they did find damning stuff and your sources are correct and so now we lead down this road with trump i mean they feel like their leader is being attacked is this 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 war at this point um yes so i am definitely I'm definitely fearful that there'll be more political violence. I think those are just the times that we live in now. But I'm, I look at this political violence in a different way than I think most other people look at it, right? Um, okay. I think most people are afraid of these sort of large-scale political disruptions that we saw on January 6th. And those could certainly happen. And, you're, and it would be stupid to say that that won't happen again. What I am more concerned about, uh, what I am more concerned about is the actions of lone wolves um, and people who can engage into domestic terror in a very intimate and pointed way. So that guy that had that AR-15 and and went and attacked that FBI field office, that's the scarier thing, right, to me than anything like January 6th or any mass large-scale thing because that guy doesn't have to, he can he can 
be stupid enough to go and stand in front of the FBI building and try to take on all the agents inside. Or he could do something else a lot more sinister. And it's very difficult to track the craziness of one person doing one thing to one group. Right. Uh, and because of that, uh, you just don't know what's going through the minds of all of these people. As far as being scared of the Oath Keepers uh, and the Proud Boys and all of that, not as concerned with that. I think those guys still want to maintain some sort of uh, of uh, of of public face. They still want to, in some way, be seen as legitimate to someone, right? So full scale violence, full scale violence from them is crossing a line that they probably can't can't come back from because they like being proud boys they like being oath keepers uh but i do fear people from factions like that going off on their own or maybe not so off on their own but creating smaller more deadly more intimate sort of uh violence and that's kind of the kind of thing that you see when i see stuff like that that's what i think as far as people marching and all of that stuff i mean you, you can put that down either. You can use biological weapons. Just well, say they go crazy. They start to drop in and drop some gas. Everybody fucking get knocked down. Uh, but the reality of it is 35 million people represent President Trump, President Trump's core base. And they're, they, they range from mildly crazy to fucking off their rocker. And they think he's some kind of God. So. You know, and, and and by the way, by the way, that's not me conjecturing that. He knows that. <laughs> he said that that they worship him and that he could kill somebody and they wouldn't care. He said that, and we've heard them say that that God sent President Trump and all of this. The God, the people that I'm talking about, it's non-controversial that they're fucking out of there. It's just it seems like the walls are closing down around the former president. Are you sad? <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really upset about it. <laughs> what? Am I sad? I want to get in really one more topic bef- be- before we get to Sabrina. Okay. Did you did you hear Irv Gotti on Drink Champs? Yes, I did. I heard Let's 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 listen to some comments. Oh. Shout out to Nori. Uh DJ Fe like let's let, let's 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 hear some comments about some of the stuff that Irv Gotti, former head of Murder Inc., who signed Ashanti, who signed Ja Rule, Irv Gotti, a bona fide hip hop legend, very instrumental in the careers of Jay Z, in the careers of Ja Rule, in the careers of DMX, Irv Gotti, an incredibly talented producer and hip hop cultural icon. Let's hear some of the stuff he had to say on Drink Champs. Donnie, give me some sound. <laughs> I can get past. You want to be with Nelly? Sounds like you didn't get past that. I'm just being honest. <laughs> listen, listen. At the time uh-huh. it happens, any man, yeah, of course, is you is her. Yeah, yeah. The chick you fucking are in love with is with this nigga. Country grandma. You wanna you wanna hear how I found out? How you found out? <laughs> Country grandma. Only on drink chat. We saw the documentary too. Yeah, so yeah. How did you find out, sir? I was at home. Uh huh. There wasn't no Twitter or Instagram back then. Was at home. Okay. Listen to this shit. This is God wanted me to find out. Was at home. NBA package. I like watching sports. Oh my God! What's this commotion going on in the stadium? Mm. We just found out what the commotion is. Nelly has walked in with the shanty. <laughs> so, 
if you're if you're Irv, do you still hold on to that after all of this time? What do you think, Rachel? You do if you have a documentary to promote. And that's 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 how I look at it. Why has he why is he speaking on this for the first time in what 20 years? Because you have a documentary to promote. I'm I'm slightly intrigued now. And I might not have been intrigued prior to this. I don't think that he's still holding on to any sort of feelings. I think that he is a businessman and he is promoting something that he's making money off of. And that's just the way I see it. Otherwise, we would have heard from him before this. He has said slight things like this before. Okay. But I want to get into what he's saying now. Let's talk mm-hmm. about the making of the Ashanti hit Happy. I want everybody to hear what Irv Gotti had to say about how this song was constructed. Donnie, give me the sound. But was that kind of like, did, did that ever get involved with the business part of it? Uh, like, you know, that that you guys were most romantically involved. Did that ever like, you know, trickle down to the business? Like, did, it, did it, um... it helped her. Okay, I'm not trying, I'm not following. It helped her that y'all was together? That y'all was, y'all I, I mean, happy, big record, right? Yeah, I'm so happy. Uh-huh. Let me tell you how happy. Yo, BT, I got a check for me, nigga. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yo, hey, 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 this table feels like hold on, hold on. Yeah. So happy. Let me let me explain how the relationship and how it worked and how it worked to. Yeah, I'm dating at this point. Yes. Okay. So we're together. Matching watches. I imagine you bought her watch too. I bought her mad shit. Okay. Okay. Birkins, all that. All right. I bought. She 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 gained. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I don't know about none of this. I just know. Okay. So you Switzerland, stay out of it. I'm Switzerland. Yeah, yeah, Switzerland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just finished sleeping together, or whatever. Okay. I'm taking the shower. I'm in the shower. You know, a nigga be creative after. Yes. Right? Yeah. Shit, I gotta get comfortable for this story. Real. I ain't never heard these stories either. I'm getting comfortable. I didn't get, we got popcorn. Listen, I'm in the shower. I'm in the shower. Don't steal my shit. Don't steal my shit. I'll give you the, I'll give you the quick story. Uh-huh. You can see the full story. On a murder ink documentary. That's gonna be premiere on BET. That's premiere on I think of the whole track in the shower. Um, I get out the shower, I call my nigga Chink. I'm on the phone, Chink, yo. We get to the studio. Chink. Chefs it up, the beat, everything. Huh. He basically mm. said he created happy after he had just made a love with Ashanti. Are you offended by mm. this as a woman? Do you think this is a poor taste? I think I'm offended that he's talking about her like she's a piece of property. I'm offended that he's acting like he created and made Ashanti as if Ashanti doesn't possess any talent or star appeal on her own. And that without him and their relationship, she wouldn't be what she is today. Cause he, cause he alludes to that more so in the interview as well. Just past this, um, this clip. That's what I have a problem with. You know, I, I don't have him. Pro- I don't necessarily have a problem with the cr- with him saying, you know, like the idea came after we had an intimate moment because it's not a secret that they had a relationship. Right. But I don't like. But to me, he's speaking of her like property. And that's what I have a problem with. 
do you think that Irv Gotti owes Ashanti an apology? Because Fat Joe said, Donnie, give me Fast Joe. Give me Fat Joe sound. Irv Gotti, whoever the fuck you want. Right? Ashanti. Right? And so, whatever Irv has with Ashanti is 20 years old, right? And so I know he was making some points that mean a lot to him, his heart and soul. But um, when you keep ranting about somebody 20 years later, it felt like he's not over the, the young lady, right? And so also we didn't know that they was fucking, right? Because the whole time, I'm there. What's love? Big Point Record, on tour. I, mean, I never seen them together like that. Now, I'm not saying they wasn't. They was. Or there was rumors they was. I never seen it. But I don't need to know. <laughs> I don't need to know. <laughs> Do you think that Fat Joe, do you think that Irv Gotti owes Ashanti an apology? Is Ashanti, is Ashanti a part of the documentary and does she speak on it? And has she nope. ever spoken on it? She is not, from my understanding, a part of the documentary. See, and there's got to be a reason. So, Absolutely. I don't feel like unless they both publicly talked about their relationship and those details, then speaking of her in this way and not, you know, talking with her first or maybe y'all have some type of issue, especially if she's not a part of this documentary, which it appears to be. And then you're just going to speak on her in this way. I don't believe in talking about private details without the other person being aware of it or y'all agreeing to put your your information out there in such a public way because obviously this i mean fat joe just said he was right there and had no idea they had a relationship so i guess he hasn't talked about it before so to me it seems disrespectful especially if you're not even going to give her the head up knowing this is going to gain a lot of traction because for myself this is the first time that i heard about it absolutely owes her a phone owed her a phone call before he even said anything. Owed her the respect of saying something before, but now that it's out there, he definitely owes her an apology. What was the song, song that Fat Joe and Ashanti had together? What's Love? What's Love? Yeah, What's Love? That's, that song always bothered me. Why? Jaro's part? No, at the end, Ashanti says like, <laughs> it's like Ashanti talks about how much she wants Fat Joe to fuck her. Do you remember that part of the song? Do not. Am I wrong about this, Donnie? Do you remember this? Is it where she says, "Come on, put it on me, on me"? <laughs> that part? I don't remember what you're talking about. I'm listening to it right now. <laughs> I'm telling you, I feel like there's a part at the end where she talks about. Uh, well, she talk. Hold on, let me see. Let me see. Hold on, it's like the breakdown. I, 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 uh, oh no, yeah, 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 yeah. Here it is. Here, look, look, here it is. That's not what she says. She says, "When I look Come in your on. eyes, 
she says, when I look in your eyes, there's no stopping me. I want the Don Joey crack on top of me. Don't want your stacks. Just break my back. Gonna cut you no slack because I'm on it like that. We would have never known she sang it in such a beautiful way. I know. It's just like, it's just, I'm just thinking, I was I was so toxic that day. I'd be like, damn, she want Fat Joe to fuck her like that. Uh, some people it's for like the song. For the, mean, song. Uh, for the song. That's, that, there's no hating on Fat Joe. Fat Joe, you know how much women, how many women Fat Joe had had? Just, I was just thinking about what what must it like be like to be Ashanti and to be in the um in the booth? Because like I had this friend named Regina, and she could really sing. And this local Baton Rouge rapper <laughs> had brought Regina in for a session, and the song was about his big black dick or something like that. <laughs> and I remember she came back and said she was mad and uncomfortable because she had to sing, I want your big black dick in my booty, your big black dick in my booty. And I remember she was like, <laughs> she felt really bad. <laughs> Ebony can tell you. Ebony remembers it's like she Daddy, was like, she want to such a big old dick. I, 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 I think the song, no. <laughs> and she had to sing that. She was very upset. If the Thought Warriors can find that commercial that used to terrify you with the milk carton, they might be able to find this. Listen, my biggest problem with this whole thing is it discredits Ashanti's talent. And there will be people who will question whether or not Ashanti would have made it if she hadn't had a relationship with the boss. And that's what I don't like about it. Because Ashanti is a star. I love Ashanti. I love her too. She's great. She's great. I like Irv Gotti. I like everybody involved. I like Ashanti. I like Irv. I like Fat Joe. You know, <clears throat> I like every, everyone's cool to me. I don't, I don't, it's fine. I don't know anybody not to like them. Everybody, everybody's cool to me. They had their moments. I just think, you know, come on, Irv. We got to have a little bit more care well, we with don't, the way you we You cannot like what he said. And I don't like, I don't what, like he what he said. It was I don't distasteful. Like what he said. I don't like what he said. I, I don't like what he said at all. Okay. Uh, we're now going to talk about monkeypox. You can call them monkeypox if you want. I'm not going to make fun of the way that you talk, but we're going to call them monkeypox for the purposes of our podcast, I think. Or maybe Rachel could call them monkeypox if she wanted to call them that. So, so language is a tool. However you say it is however you say it. Okay. Um, Sabrina Asumu is going to join us now to talk a little monkeypox. We're going to be back on the other side. Check it out. You guys, unfortunately, there is a... a a new infectious disease on the block. We thought that we had, you know, these infectious diseases corralled. Actually, I don't know if we did because COVID's kind of going nuts right now too. Um, but you've heard it. You've seen it on the news. You've seen it on the shade room. You've seen people uh, <laughs> displaying their skin after they've had a bout with the latest and greatest uh, horrible and terrible affliction on the market monkeypox we have not talked about monkeypox at all at all on higher learning but today we will we have somebody who knows what she's talking about she is an endowed professor of medicine at boston university bu wow look at that an infectious disease <laughs> physician at boston medical center her name is sabrina sabrina asumu Medical doctor, she is with us today on Higher Learning. How are you doing, sister? I'm doing well. Thank you for getting my last name right. This is excellent. <laughs> Boom! That's what we do. Might that be the last be good thing we the, say. Is that what the you're last saying? thing we get right 
when it comes talking about monkeypox. So I tweeted after seeing this young lady on the shade room who said she got monkeypox from handling money at the racetrack where she works in Marietta, Georgia. I immediately went to Twitter and I said, I have to have the monkeypox vaccine immediately. I need it. I can't go through this. Okay. Two questions for you, Sabrina. Number one, how easy is it to get monkeypox? And number two, what are the real facts about the disease that you feel like are going underreported in the mainstream media? Yeah, no, thank you for having me on. This is really an honor and a pleasure to be here. And my job is always to try to convey accurate information. So this is really um, a nice opportunity. So number one, what it is that we need to know. So let's, let's take that case that you were just talking about. Handling money at a racetrack. That is an, an unlikely way to get uh, monkeypox. And we'll talk about how you get it. So how is it that you're more likely to get monkeypox? You need close skin to skin contact. That's actually the, the most common way that people have been getting uh, monkeypox these days. A second way you can get it is by handling, let's say, uh, certain objects such as bed sheets that are that have been used by someone who's had monkeypox, but not like a brief encounter with like either handling money or touching a doorknob or an elevator button. Those are not like the ways that you would get monkeypox. The third way, which is not as likely, is um, having prolonged exposure to someone and getting it through respiratory um, secretions. So me as an infectious disease physician, I am not as worried that you will get monkeypox through an airborne or through the air as I am more worried about for COVID-19. So in summary, the way that you're more likely to get um, monkeypox is through um, close skin-to-skin -skin contact. And what it is that we're seeing right now in terms of really conveying things that may not be as clearly uh, described in the, in the general media is that we're seeing it and especially um, gay and bisexual uh, gay and bisexual individuals or other men who have sex with men and sexual networks. So that's sort of the predominant way uh, that the, the predominant uh, group of people that we're, we're seeing who are getting monkeypox. And the other data is that, um, unfortunately, like with a lot of infectious diseases, it tends to disproportionately impact Black and Latino individuals in this country. So I'm, I'm really glad that I'm out here to be able to uh, share some of this information. Can I have one follow-up, Rachel? One? Sure, sure. Sabrina, did you just tell me that monkeypox is airborne? I didn't know that. No, no, it is so so so. Let me just clarify. This is really important. <laughs> it it's 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 a rare way that you can get it uh, through respiratory secretions, but it's not. It's been reported in the literature as being maybe in certain circumstances being transmitted through the air, but that's not the way that you you can get monkeypox. So I that let me just say that again. The way that you can get monkeypox and how a lot of people are getting it through either um, through this current uh, wave that we're seeing is through skin to skin, skin to skin contact. OK, I'm going to follow up with the lesions. I'll follow up on that on on that, because I think what a lot of people fear and which is why you saw Van's eyes buck and he, you know, like wanted a follow up question is because 
we have no choice but to compare it to coronavirus. Not that they're the same, but just because we just went through that. And initially, when we learned about coronavirus, we were told to do one thing. And then as we were learning about the disease, we were or the virus, we were we were learning that we should do something else. And so I think there's this fear of, is that same thing going to happen with monkeypox? Should I be wearing gloves? Should I be wearing a mask? Um, if you could answer that. That's, you know, this is, this is a great question. The reason why I love this question is because you're underscoring what are some of the issues that we dealt with with COVID-19, and that's different for me from an infectious disease, but that is very different from monkeypox. Um, SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19 was brand new. Like we were discovering and learning as we go. And, and I know that for the general public, this was very frustrating because one day we tell you, you know, uh, worry about your groceries. Everybody was wiping on their groceries. And then tomorrow mm-hmm. we're like, forget about the groceries, worry about the air. So, you know, and I'm, I'm sorry that this was sort of confusing. It's just that we're learning more and more information. And the predominant way that you get COVID-19 is through the air. It's airborne. And that's why we recommend pe- that people wear a mask. Now, in terms of monkeypox, the, the thing that's so different between the two viruses is that monkeypox is not new. Like no one had ever heard of 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 like you know SARS CoV two until it 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 arrived right it's never mm-hmm. been seen before monkeypox is that new so monkeypox is actually what we call endemic in Africa meaning people have been getting monkeypox for a while it was initially well described like in the seventies and the key difference between monkeypox and what we've been going through with SARS CoV two is that when SARS CoV two came we had no vaccines. We had no treatments. We didn't really know how you catch it. So we were discovering and unfortunately the messages uh, changed. Monkeypox, we've known it for decades. We even have, so this is what's amazing to me as an infectious disease doctor is that number one, we have a lot of information about how it's transmitted. And that's why I want to go ahead and say, close contact, skin to skin contact. That's how you're going to get monkeypox. We also have vaccines. Can you believe this? Like, as soon as we're learning about this new increase in monkeypox, we actually have vaccines. And then the third thing is we actually have also treatments. So there's some limitations in how much of these treatments and vaccines we actually have, but we actually, you know, when I first heard about it, I wasn't as nervous as I was for, for SARS-CoV-2 because there's a lot that we know. So that's what's reassuring. Well, I'm nervous, Sabrina. I would like not to itch for two weeks. All right, it looked very itchy. <coughs> and it look at listen to Rachel. That's one of the yeah. initial signs. Okay. It's <laughs> flu-like symptoms. Listen Would you to let Rachel. the doctor say that and not okay. you? Okay. Let me, so this, oh. is where I, Sabrina. I, this is where I'd like to jump in so that I like, you know, clarify with so what are the symptoms? This is really key, right? There you go. That's what I was should about be that. looking out for. So it's a virus, and so often, you know, fevers feeling fatigue or tired, right? And then the the and having swollen lymph nodes, right? That's another thing. And then the distinctive rash, right? Those uh, pus-filled like lesions and skin rash that you've probably seen, you know, either on the internet and other places. So it's one thing that's really striking to me is that because the infection is so visible, right? People are really scared because it's not like, you know, COVID or the virus SARS-CoV-2, you can get it. Some people don't even know they have it, right? Like versus monkeypox, 
But those scary lesions, so that, that's really, you know, and that are very, I mean, you hear the descriptions, people, they're very, <laughs> show me your temperature. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and those lesions are really painful. I mean, those, the poor mm. people who've gotten this so far, yeah. you know, they describe these really, really painful lesions. Um, and unfortunately, you know, when you get it, you, you may need to, uh, to sort of isolate until the, the, the lesions are scabbed over. Um, so, so, you know, it's very visible and it's very scary when you see something like that, especially when we're already still dealing with COVID-19 and another pandemic. So, so I hear you, but that's why I'm here to sort of answer questions and provide like accurate information so people can feel a little more uh, well-educated and know what they need to do. Now, mention treatments, you mentioned vaccines. Should we be getting the vaccine? Because I've seen the reports that it's limited. Should we be going out there and getting it now? Because I'm seeing that, you know, by day, the numbers are increasing. And I read somewhere that we were approaching an exponential curve. So should we be finding our local, you know, urgent care, whatever, to go get one? So one key important thing is who are the people who should be getting their you know, monkeypox vaccine right now. So as I described to you before, in terms of people who are seem to be disproportionately impacted right now are um, gay, bisexual, and other men who have sex with men. So if you fall in that category and you 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 are also the other, not just being in that risk factor, but also um, having multiple sexual partners or being exposed to, to monkeypox, those are the people who should be um, looking for vaccine right now. And that we're really encouraging and trying to make it accessible. So if you do fall in that category, so I'm going to say it again, um, gay, bisexual, or other men who have sex with men with multiple sexual partners over the past 14 days, or if you've been exposed to someone with monkey monkeypox and you are also from that category, these are the people who um, should be uh, seeking vaccine. So let's take another example. If you are a healthy 18 year old and you don't fall in that category, right? You're like an 18 year old young woman who um, doesn't fall in that category, you're healthy. Um, you're not the, the, pe the person who should be uh, getting um, the vaccine right now. And the reason why is, you know, it's, it's not the group that we're seeing disproportionately impacted, number one. And number two, as you said, you know, we don't have enough vaccine for everyone and we wanna save it for people who are more at risk so that we can prevent further infections and what we're seeing in sexual networks, right? Uh -huh. So that this this um, virus doesn't become um, sort of uh, something that we have to deal with all the time. Um, so the narrative behind monkeypox is very important right now because what happens in society is medical information or medical stats warnings, whatever. They become weaponized by kooks, uh, by idiots, and by jerks on the internet um, used to make the lives of marginalized groups, already marginalized groups, even harder. And you say that right now the, the disease is, uh, or the monkeypox, should I say, is much more prevalent in the for, for the gay men that we share our communities with. People take that and say that monkeypox is a gay disease after we hear that stuff coming from our medical professionals. We hear that information coming from our medical professionals. Um, 
as I understand it, monkeypox is not a gay disease, but I'll ask you, is monkeypox a gay disease? So first of all, I'm glad you're asking that question because it is so important that we do not stigmatize any group, right? So let me just first start by saying anyone can get monkeypox, even if you're not gay. Anyone can get monkeypox. But what is important to convey is that right now we're seeing more people who are gay, bisexual, or other men who have sex with men who are getting this infection right now, right? And so it is important that we get the message out so that they get the care that they need, right? And 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 stay and are able to stay healthy. But it is really, really important that we do not stigmatize, right? And that we also emphasize that pretty much anyone can get monkeypox. It's just that right now with with the the rise in cases that we're seeing, it's it seems to be transmitting through um sexual networks. So the other thing that's really key for me to emphasize is that me as a physician and a public health official, what I want to do is I want to describe what I'm seeing. Objective data. What is the CDC data? What are we seeing? Because what we want to do is allocate our resources where they're most needed. I want to be out here to say, okay, what are the risk factors? And, And also, as I said before, we're seeing that Black and Latino individuals who are seem to be disproportionate impact. And actually, I just saw some numbers from Atlanta, Georgia that I found really scary yesterday that I learned about. Super scary. Oh, my God. Yeah. Let me just tell them for everybody else who hasn't seen it. 80% of the the case, the people who have been, the cases that have been identified in in Georgia. So let me describe this. This is Georgia data, the whole state. Um, 80% identify as Black. Black, yeah, 80% of the people are Black. It's crazy. And and the other number that's really not, that's why I want to share the information, is that when you look at who's getting vaccinated, only approximately 20% of people who are vaccinated are identified as Black. So this is why it's so important to get the information, right, objective data, so that we can get the word out and also allocate our resources. They're supposed to be the ones who should be tested. They're the ones who should be vaccinated right now so that we can address the infection in that particular group. Absolutely. Mm. Let me ask you this. Is it currently contained? And either way, however you answer that, why has there been such a slow response to this? At least it appears that way. Yeah, no, at this point, we're, no, you're, you're right. It's been, um, so first of all, we're at a point where, you know, cases seem to be increasing, right? Like we're at 10,000 was the, the last number that I saw. So, so cases are, uh, are increasing and we're at a point where, you know, whether or not this is going to be controlled is going to depend on how well we execute our approach right now, how many, how good we are at testing and identifying people, how well we are at, um, vaccinating people. So I'm not going to lie by say, you know, as an infectious disease physician, when I look at the numbers, I am, you know, I'm concerned. And I think it's really important that we, that we use all the tools that we have to really get this under better control. Um, And so what was the second part? So is it, what's the second part of your question is, oh, why, um, why has there, yeah, the response? Yeah. You know, it's, it's it's the, the the same issue that we sort of a little bit of the same issues of why you know we've been struggling even with COVID nineteen is that our public health infrastructure has been underfunded for so long, 
And so like, you know, you put us in a place where, you know, we've been suffering with COVID-19 and really focusing on that for many years. And then now we get like another, um, another infection that's, that's a public health emergency. So first of all, resources. And then initially, you know, we didn't have enough because testing available, right? Because there were certain hurdles with, with being able to be tested, but now this isn't, but testing has really been improved. You don't have to go through the CDC or state labs. We actually have these commercial labs that are actually helping with, so with identifying. So first of all, testing was an issue in the beginning, which the CDC has really addressed and really increased the number of of testing that we're able to do. And then um, second is like, you know, although we have a vaccine, we didn't really have enough available right on hand. So it's not like we could vaccinate everybody and who was at high risk to be able to um, sort of tamp things down. So so really, it's just that a lot of the public health infrastructure has not been as, as funded as it should be. And then there were some hurdles related to testing and vaccination that has really hampered. But we're really moving and, 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 and number one, an important development this week was the declaration of a public health emergency, which was really good because what it does is it really helps the federal government use all the tools that they have available so that we can really, really address this, this, this increase in cases. Last question from me. I was going to ask you about, I was going to ask you about how you guys feel about besmirching the reputation of our dear monkeys our dear primates all over the world who have to bear the stigma of being linked to this disease. You know, I was a kid, Sabrina, and I asked my mother, why chicken pox? I like chicken. The chickens, they have nothing to do with this, man. And even if they did, it was an accident. I have a disease that say it should be like, I don't know, Republican pox or something, whatever. Um, but how bad can monkey pox get? Like if if we don't contain monkeypox, we lived in a situation where we all got COVID. Like like I had it, she had it, Kalika had it. We we everybody got it right. Everybody seems to. I know very few people at this point who haven't had COVID. How bad can monkeypox get? Yeah, no, all excellent questions. So first of all, talking so so. Yes, there's a movement, first of all, to try to rename it because of the stigma that's associated with it. But also, <laughs> also, it's a misnomer. It's not really, it was discovered, like, identified and isolated monkeys, but actually, it's rodents. Oh! It's like, yeah, they're the ones who are more likely to, like, you know, uh, <laughs> give you monkeypox, which the poor monkeys are now, like, the ones who are being blamed for this. But it's more Damn. like... Um, it, it's there was actually a, a an out it there were cases in the U.S. a few years ago that were actually with like um, prairie dogs like rodents mm. are the ones who are more likely to be responsible for this. So, so number one, I want to acknowledge that that there's a movement to try to change the name so that it, it's more accurate to to what's actually going on and also take away any associations. Um, number two, how bad can it get? So, you know, for so. What was so concerning and has been really, really hard um, with the SARS-CoV-2 like pandemic and COVID-19 like pandemic is that this is, it was a predominantly like respiratory infection and it's in airborne, it's in the air. Like we all share this airspace and it's just really weird. When you have a, when you talk about, talk to some of the people who have been putting all these preparedness for like 
you know, many, many years trying to like, you know, estimate what's going to happen in the future and try to come up with plans of how we deal with things. The scariest thing for them was a respiratory virus that was going to cause all this trouble. And so as we, you know, this respiratory virus, SARS-CoV-2 is what's been causing all these issues. Um, and as I've emphasized a lot, uh, monkeypox is predominantly um, spread to through close skin to skin contact. So me as an ID doc, that's very much easier to handle than something that's in the air, right? You really need that skin to skin um, contact. So that's that's number one. In terms of how bad it could get, you know, um, until recently, they, they actually had not been any deaths in the new places that that were um, that we were identifying monkeypox, like outside of Africa. And there were a few deaths that have been reported uh, around the world that are not related to to, to Africa. And in terms of uh, but but most people, you know, get the infection and they have the lesions that are really, really painful, but they recover and end up doing fine. Um, except except for some people in terms of what the death so far, when you look at what's happened and why people died, it was you can get uh, what we call encephalitis, which is an inf inflammation uh, of the brain. But it's very rare uh, when you compare it to like how people usually do. Um, so. So it's it it, it could be deadly, but it's not as deadly as like SARS-CoV-2 or COVID-19. Dr. Asumu, um, I don't have another question. I just want to apologize for Van's asinine question about the monkeys. You have to know that on this podcast, there is a move, there's a movement going on, then there's only one person in it, and that's Van. <laughs> and it's all about the animals. So animals. I knew that question was coming. <laughs> And I feel I, so bad I, that we had doctor, to waste her time on doctor, that question. Animals don't do anything wrong. We should name the bad stuff after the people. Okay. <laughs> we should call the disease like R. Kelly pox or something like that. Something really bad. Uh, that's all I'm saying. We appreciate you. I was afraid of <laughs> yes, monkey pox. I was afraid. Like seriously, I went to the NABGA conference in Vegas last week. <laughs> I came back and I boxed and I guess whatever was going on with my with my sweat bag that I wear when I box irritated my skin a little bit. And on the way home, you could not tell me that I did not have a monkey pox. I'm like going home. I'm looking. I'm like, yo, is there is that a pox? Am I poxy? But now that I've talked to you, uh, I am so, 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 so much more in, in informed about the disease and hopefully everyone will be responsible and our government will be responsible and we can figure it out. But we will if we listen to people like you, Sabrina. So thank you for joining us today on Higher Learning. Thank Please. you. Thank you for, for the invitation and really a joy and a pleasure to to join you and, 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 and sharing information, factual information. That's what we need to do. Share facts so that people can feel more at ease. Absolutely. Thank you Absolutely. so much, sister. Thank you. Are you more or less scared of monkeypox? I would say I'm less. Less? I, 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 I was about to buy gloves, start touching mm -hmm. everything. I mean, I sanitize my hands for everything, but I'm more at ease knowing the way it's transmitted, and I really like her breaking down. I know it's a totally different disease from the coronavirus, but just hearing that no, this has been around. We know how it's transmitted. That makes me more confident. So I'm not going to be necessarily totally relaxed, but I feel a bit more at ease than I did before. Yeah, she also basically told us that I shouldn't be trying to seek the vaccine. 
She said, I'm taking up too much vaccine. Yeah, for people who are more at higher risk. I don't think I still want to shake people's hands, though. I'm cool on You don't want to shake people's hands? But even what about like a fist bump? Because fist bump, you could get pox. That's touching. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't think we have to do all that. Let's just pox. smile at each other. Rachel, what's down on your cheek? Is that a pox? Don't play with me. Ra- Rachel, go- you should look. Is that a pox? It could be poxy. I'm not going to do that because you know what happened? You know what happened? I'll fuck around like that and then I'll fucking get the pox because I'll be boxing this stuff. I'll be putting that jab on niggas. I know. I almost asked her about that but I didn't want to like give you anxiety. I was going to say Van goes to the gym a lot. Is that something he... Because she was naming places like the sauna, the pool, or maybe that's something I read about uh, places you shouldn't be when it comes to because of of monkeypox. And I was going to ask about the gym, but I didn't want to freak you out. But maybe you hit up you hit up Dr. Sabrina on the side and ask her that about putting on gloves. Maybe you need to bring your own gloves. You like Twenty One Savage? I really do. I like them too. I have four, five, six. Yeah, it's in my bank account. Uh, in my bank oh, you account. do. Remember, remember when no, Tommy Lauren? I'm... Remember Tommy Lauren? You remember when Tommy Lauren did the bank account video? You don't remember that, Donnie? No. Do you remember when Tommy? No. Do you remember when Tommy Lauren? Made no, all of the, uh, the 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 white man's niggas on. I don't. Y'all don't remember when Tommy Lauren taped herself singing? Where do y'all be at? Y'all don't remember when Tommy Lauren taped herself singing the Twenty One Savage and all of the all of the 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 sort of white men's nigga black guys were like, oh my gosh, she's so hot, pookie party. Remember that? Look at the video. Everybody was like, oh my gosh, she's so she looks so great and she sings our song, so she must be down. Tommy be fucking oh with black God. guys though. No, she, she doesn't. Uh, yeah, she does. Who? Well, there's some people I could talk about, and then some that I can't. But I think she's fucking with a black guy pretty publicly right now. Yeah, she absolutely does. Anyway, who? Uncle Ruckus. Ah, whatever. <laughs> Uncle Ruckus. So, uh, Twenty One Savage, aside from Tommy Lauren, tweeted that he would like to see people put down the guns in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. It's a great message. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, Atlanta, put the fucking guns down. It's too much fucking shooting going on. They're popping people like balloons in Atlanta. It's very upsetting. What a great city. But there's a lot of different types of shit happening all over the country. And of course, uh, people gave him the fucking business because they said, 21 Savage, who are you to tell people to put their guns down? You, head of the slaughter gang. And someone who's rapped about these different things for a long time. Savage responded. Here it is. When I say something about how I really feel about Atlanta, like where I'm from, it's like a lot of gun violence, a lot of killings and shootings going on. And I ain't never seen nothing like this. Like my whole life being in Atlanta, I ain't never seen it at this point that it's at right now. Like babies getting killed. And it's just, that's just sad. It makes me depressed. But when I speak up on that, they say, oh, you a hypocrite. You, you this, you that, you. I ain't never promoted violence. I just rap about what I've been through, what I've heard about, what I've saw. That's not, that ain't me promoting violence. That's not me saying, yeah, violence is cool or whatever. Yeah, I, I say a lot. Songs that it is catchy, people like it. Okay, 
Your thoughts? I agree with everything 21 Savage had to say. I really like 21 Savage, so I'm, I'm very biased. But I think he did, first of all, we get on to people who have platforms, who don't use them to speak out against things that are detrimental and hurting our community. So here is a man who is extremely popular in the culture, is seeing something happening in the very community that he grew up in. And he's saying, I've seen it in a way I never have before. And I'm upset and I don't like it and I'm tired of it and we have to stop. And there are plenty of people who listen to his music who might be committing this type of violence who this could trickle down to. I say kudos to him for doing that. Absolutely. And for people who want to call him out, I think he gave a great explanation of saying, listen, I'm rapping about the things that I see. I'm not saying, hey, go out and do these things. So it's just, it frustrates me because people, like they want it both ways, right? You you, yeah. you want to call somebody out for not saying something. And then when they do say something, you want to call them out for that. Nothing wrong was done here. And I'm glad that he spoke out about it. I'm glad that he didn't just let people talk on social media. I'm glad he had something to say. I agree. I'm a stand. First of all, I don't know what you niggas want. And y'all know who I'm talking to. Y'all get on people when they are doing wrong. You get on people when they're doing right. I think you just want people to be who you want them to be. I think that people want people in these little sections and they don't ever want people to leave their sections. So if 21 Savage was a piece of shit gangster rapper to, to you in 2015, then you want him to be a piece of shit gangster rapper in 2020, in 2021, in 2022. Obviously, that must be it. Because the moment he says, hey, put the guns down, then you say, hey, weren't you the one telling us to put the, pick the guns up? The answer is, sure, I was. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. The answer is, sure, I was the one telling you to pick the guns up. Without a doubt. I was telling you to pick the guns up. But now I'm saying, guess what? This shit is a little bit gone too far. So put them down. And if he wants to be a part of the chorus that is saying to do that, I think that the change in the growth should actually be applauded as long as that change and that growth is actually followed up with works, actions, and consistency. Let me tell you where I do disagree with 21 Savage is that he definitely glorifies violence like okay. for sure I was about to okay? ask like you we, we have to be real like it's one thing to talk about the violence that you that that you've seen right Nas has a lyric that says uh I'm not even gonna be able to remember it he says like he stepped over he stepped over crackheads and dead people when he was walking out of his out of his project building right he's talking about the violence that he sees and the drug addiction that he that he sees right that is a different lyric totally than saying I sell more weight than fucking Fidel Castro or or not Fidel Castro. I sell more weight than Noriega and I kill more niggas than cancer. The second one is bragging about it. The first one is talking about what it is that you saw. Okay. Now I'm not saying that Nas has never glorified stuff. Everybody's glorified all kinds of things. I've glorified fucking OnlyFans on this podcast. I'm better than no one. But what I'm saying is for 21 Savage, I listen to the guy all the time. We'll kill you. We'll knock your head off your shoulders will shoot you in your fucking face. All of that stuff is both a glorification of it and a perverse sort of um, call and ask for safety because all of those things mean like I feel unsafe. Like when you're when you're willing to tell somebody how bad you'll fuck them up, 
The reason why you're telling them that it's like Jaws is shark fin. What you're trying to say is, hey, I'm here. And if you fuck with me, I'll kill you. I get it. But over a beat, you're boasting about it. You're talking about how hard you are. You're talking about how hard your crew is. You're talking about how many guns you have. You're talking about all of that stuff. It doesn't make you a demon. But the reality is there is some glorification in that, of course. So the real test for 21 Savage or anybody else who feels like 21 Savage feels is whether or not they'll be willing to not glorify things. Because for right now, I do not agree with him that he doesn't glorify violence. I'm not coming down on him. I'm just intellectually saying there's some glorification going on. So if he really wants people to put the guns down, that he will probably have to put the guns down in his music as well. That's all I'm how, saying. How recent is that lyric that you just said? Look, man, I've been listening to 21 Savage for a long time. I, I haven't heard the Kumbaya motherfucker yet. Okay. There might but be another like, reason. Like bank account. I don't that's know. That's a long time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I said that was a while ago. But I will tell you this there might be another reason why you see some of these Atlanta rappers turn over a new leaf. You might hear all kinds of stuff from all of them. You might see them working with the Boys and Girls Club. You might see them doing all kinds of stuff, hosting swimming clubs. Because, they don't, because, because they're going to. They don't, don't want to get that Rico. <laughs> they don't want to get that Rico. They don't want to get that Rico. Yo, like you hear 21 Savage is yeah, on the track. i use with, my lyrics against me. It's like it's Fred Hammond featuring, featuring 21 Savage. 21 Savage and Marvin Sapp. The Trap God album, like you, like you, you're gonna see a lot of this stuff because they're not trying to catch that Rico. That's that right. woman in Atlanta is going right. nuts with these Ricos. <laughs> so as a matter of fact, no weapon formed fact, against me shall prosper. Will be the remix. It'll be the remix. <laughs> 21, Twenty-one Savage. <laughs> Jesus, 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 honey. Um, Metro Boomin wants some more. Fred Hammond. Oh, look, Donnie, I want you to make a drop for me. Like anytime there's a Rico, I want to hear Rico, Rico. from Rico Suave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I want like, like anytime we talk about Rico. Every time one of these guys incriminates themselves and their whole crew, I just want to hear Rico. So funny. Um, uh, big news in the sports world. Where do you put Serena Williams in all-time athletes? Where do you put her? Oh, my gosh. It's hard for me to do all of that. But for for, for the sake of this conversation, I'm going to put her in number one. She's the greatest athlete of all time? Yes. Because the things that she's been able to accomplish, being black and being a woman, and coming up in a community where you didn't see people, that look like her, do the sport that she's doing. I feel like she's had to overcome so many different obstacles that a Tom Brady maybe necessarily didn't have to. Whoever you're going to name is your number one. I'm just asking you. Serena Williams had to overcome even more. I don't like to do ratings, but for the sake of her retiring in this conversation, I'm going to put her as number one. Because I don't even want to say who's a two, three. I'm just going to put her as number one. Just, just, Just number one. Just number one. Van? Number one, she's up there, man. I'm not saying she's. It's not has nothing it, to do. Because if you ask me to say, then who's one, two? If I say she's top five, okay, I can say she's top five, and I don't even no, want to name not, who's one, two, I'm three, just, four. She's definitely. By the way, Serena Williams definitely has a case to be the best athlete of all time. 
But is it because, by the way, sisters don't get mad. Is it because she's black and a woman, though? No. Is it because, I mean, like, it, how many? I don't even over... have her stats in front of me. But Let's look at her stats. Not, but, like, all the grand slams that she's won. And, but yeah. you have to, but just, she was never supposed to be statistically in the place that she's in. So not only did she just achieve it, period. Right? Take away her being black. Take away her being a woman. She just achieved things that had never been done. Then you add to it all that was against her that she had to physically and mentally overcome to get there. That is the definition of an athlete. And then the fact that she's stepping away from the sport. She's not saying she can't keep going. She's saying there are other great things that I want to accomplish. Like the venture firm that she started. Like being a mother like passing things down and helping people out off the court in a way that only she can. And so to me, that makes her, I'm putting all of this together to make her such an amazing athlete. Like as a, to put a Tom Brady and obviously Tom Brady is great, but he's also a white man, right? And our social caste system, the most powerful being that there is. She's a black woman. But again, if you take away that, she still accomplished amazing things that would make her a top five athlete. Okay. She's definitely top five. And she's not five. She's not. Look, Serena Williams has an ironclad case to be. It's Michael Jordan. It's Tom Brady. It's Serena Williams. I mean, baseball is a little bit more convoluted because some of the guys are on steroids, some of the guys weren't, and some people would go, oh, but I put Barry Bonds up there. All kinds of athletes. So Usain Bolt, I put up there. Uh, you know, Simone Biles, I put up there. All of these people who are super duper dominant in their sports. When we talk about American sports, I think the the uh, the um, the the competition is probably going to be, because I'm not going to count hockey as an American sport, even though I guess you should, right? The The competition is going to be, hockey is definitely an American sport. The competition is going to be Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, Tom Brady, I guess Wayne Gretzky, and really, you know, outside of the Olympic sports, that's who you're going to be talking about. It, you, if, this, if this is your top five, if it's Serena Williams, Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, uh, Tiger Woods, and Wayne Gretzky. If it's those five, you have Serena one, is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You have who t- who second? Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan second. Who third? Wait, Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods third. Okay. And then I'm so, so assuming fourth is going Brady. to be Tom Brady, and then fifth is going to be Wayne Gretzky. So that's going to be I don't the top really five. Know my, I don't really know that much. You don't really Other know that much, right? You you miss 100% of the goals, whatever that famous quote <laughs> is that he has. <laughs> so, and you're saying the fact that Serena Williams is a black woman is what makes never, her number one. She was never supposed to be dominant in her sport. She wasn't. Tiger, you could almost make that argument for as well, but like no, a black. You couldn't, it's not that you couldn't almost make that argument. <laughs> you, you could, could fucking fine. definitely you could, make fine, the same fine. argument for Tiger. You could make that <laughs> argument as well, right? But for Michael Jordan, 
black man being great at basketball, Tom Brady, a white man being a great quarterback. I'm just saying, Serena, you know what I'm saying. Serena, I'm not discrediting. I'm not discrediting what they have done and what they've accomplished, but Serena Williams was never supposed to dominate the sport of tennis. Uh everything was against her. So she had to not only overcome things with a physical talent, she had to do things mentally based on black woman and her socioeconomic status. To me, she is so inspiring. And Mm. even think she did one wrong thing and she was hyper criticized for anything that she did. If she had an attitude, if she wore her hair a certain way, if she wore her outfit for a certain way, her body structure, everything that she did was criticized. Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, Tom Brady, and definitely not Wayne Gretzky had to overcome those same things. So to me, the the doors that she knocked down and what she has, I don't even play tennis and she's inspired me. That is the effect, the Serena Williams effect. And nobody else can do that. Nobody else can so, say that. Sorry. Number one, all-time rankings. Uh, the Grand Slam titles, the 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 career titles are just nuts. The the career titles are just nuts. She wasn't she wasn't able to capture the all-time record. Doesn't look like she'll be able to capture it. I don't think she needs it. Obviously, an Olympic gold medalist. Uh was able to capture the Serena Slam. Uh, it's it just um, so she is. These are the Grand Slam, Slam singles results for Serena Williams. Australian Open champion, 2003, 2005, 2007, 2009, 2010, 2015, 2017. French Open champion, 2002, 2013, 2015. Wimbledon, 2002-2003, 2003-2009, 2010-2012, 2015-2016. US Open 1999, 2002, 2008, 2012, 2013, and 2014. It's just nuts. It's nuts to have that much um that much career success over that long of a time and change and redefine her sport in that way. I think that uh that you know you make an amazing case. I think that Michael Jordan's the greatest athlete of all time. That's fine. I, you know, I you make an amazing case. I think that it's one thing to say a black man could be good at basketball. It's another thing to say that a black man is going to be the number one personality in all of the world, which is what Michael Jordan was able to accomplish. And he changed the game. A great yeah. argument to be made. I, like, yeah. again, no, no, you make I, a I great no argument with, as well. Yeah. At, Tiger, at first when you, Jordan, at, at, Serena, <laughs> it's tough. Right. But you Tiger, said what were you going to say? But, like, but Tom Brady's just nowhere in there for you. He's Seven four. Super Bowl. Seven, seven He's Super Bowls four. over twenty years. Okay, we're talking about. There's a lot of great. There are a lot of great athletes. But you were going to say something. You said at first when I said it. What at first when you said it, I was just like when you said because I gotta like pull my misogyny off too, right? I gotta sure pull it do. off. I gotta pull my misogyny off too, because like right now it's like oh I'm nice, but then I pull down this mask. It's like, ah, I hate women, yeah. so I gotta pull my misogyny off as well, right? So at first when you said I think she's the best because she's a black woman. Any sports fan that's like a that's like a, that's gonna be like okay, well, it's gotta be more than that, right? Because we're talking mm-hmm. about sports, and there is, and there's much more. What's your ranking out of those five you named? I would have Jordan first. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie. I would have a tie I at agree. second. No, I'd have a tie at second. Four. 
Serena Williams and Tom Brady. And let me tell you <gasps> the why. The white man? <laughs> let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. I fucking hate Tom Brady. Tom Brady is fucking, he was MAGA. He played for the fucking Patriots. Seven Super Bowls as the starting it's quarterback great. is fucking OD, man. That is nuts to Not play that long. He's fucking. F- <laughs> okay, you're right. You're right. Poor Tiger. 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 You know, Tiger's right there, too. This is that's a I tough know. thing. It's what's happened in the last few years, I think. We're, but Tiger, though, seriously, he's deaf. He was my number three. And we and, and we didn't even mention LeBron James. I think we have a strong top five. (laughs) All right. uh, This is a tough one right here. This next topic, because Donnie, give me my sound. (laughs) I thought we were really talking about something. (laughs) What, man? (laughs) Some of you cannot see the podcast right now. Some of you are listening audio wise. So this is what I want you to do. I'm going to throw a bone to the soulless jackals right now over at the Reddit. I'm going to post, or I'm going to, or maybe Donnie should post this picture of Mountain Lion on the Reddit for the people that can't see it. But for the people who are watching us right now, Donnie, please put the picture on the screen of the coolest fucking cat we've ever seen before. Oh, my God. This is a picture of Mountain Lion on top of somebody's fucking house. What the fuck? Fuck, Rach. It's, it's clearly, a full-on mountain lion takeover. What the fuck? It's clearly photoshopped. Definitely not. It's definitely real. There's a red car in the garage on top of the house, chilling, chilling in a place where it probably should be mountain lion. This is the greatest, single greatest mountain lion picture that's ever existed. And when you look at this animal, you can see the majesty, the personality, and the reason why we need to make sure that these creatures, Rachel, you can't look at that animal and say that that's not a majestic creature on top of somebody's crib chilling. I, it looks bigger than a mountain lion. It looks like an actual lion, to be honest, which is another reason I believe it's Photoshop. Um, it's a beautiful creature. I've never, I've never said anything against that, man. I've never said it's not. I'm looking at it. Do you see the blurriness under it? There's no blurriness. What you are is <laughs> the, you're the number one villain of Mountain Lion. You are you are the Lex Luthor of Mountain Lion. Is what you are. Um, I got bad news. What? It's not. It's it's a real picture. It's not photoshopped, but it's not a real lion. Oh my god! I told you. I oh told God. you it, it, it doesn't statue. even look oh like a mountain lion. It looks like a tiger. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> no. This is the best oh. news that you could ever give me, Zadi. <laughs> oh God, no. I'm sorry. This man. this alone could kill this segment forever. <laughs> oh my God. And it's so unexpected, lifelike. unexpected ally of the week for the rest of the month for me. So the name of this guy is John Forrest. Clearly, I gotta white. have I gotta have John on the show. <laughs> Somebody please find John Forrest because what John has done to me is unforgivable. <laughs> 
It's not funny. <laughs> I tried to tell you this wasn't real. I really thought that he had got up on top of that house. You called him ma- the most majestic. You called a statue the most majestic thing. Shut up, Rachel. You ever seen. <laughs> Matter of fact, let's start a new segment where we send statues of Mountain Lion to Van. Statues of these creatures. Y'all, he's so hurt. Let's just do mailbag so we can end this godforsaken podcast. How can stop? Donnie, you set me up. Donnie, you know what, Donnie? I'm going to be honest with you, Donnie. (laughs) Donnie. You've played your hand one too many times on this fucking podcast. I know. Okay. It's war now. How about Daddy, that? Daddy, hit the sound. It's give Van. Daddy, give him the sound. Give him the Mount Lion sound. It's Van against Rachel and Donnie. Donnie, you set me up. No, don't play it, Donnie. Donnie. <laughs> Donnie, can I get the can mailback time? Thank you, Donnie. Mailback. It's war. I just want to let you guys know before we get to mailback. Before we get to mailback, it's fucking on. It's on between me and you and Rachel. You played your hand. Game is game. Game is game. You did this to yourself. Donnie. Wait, Donnie. Game is game. How long did you know that it was a statue? He knew the whole time. I've known like within, it's been three minutes. I literally just. I'm sorry. Can we do mailback, please? Thank you. Yes, we can do mailback. Hold on. Mailback time. Time to read your letters and then we'll reply to them. Oh, it's mailback time. Write us with your queries and we'll chime in. Savon28 wants to know. What's something from your childhood that no longer exists that you regret that your hypothetical children or nieces and nephews will never get to experience? Oh, man. That's a good question. Hmm. It's hmm. a really good question. Um, Honestly, that doesn't exist anymore. Like a toy. Ooh, I know. I know what it is for me. What? MTV's Spring Break. You pervert. That used to be lit. I'm sorry, man. MTV's Spring Break was lit. And I don't understand why you can't watch them anymore. Like you can't. They don't happen. They don't go there. No, I'm talking about why you can't watch old Spring Break shows. Mm. Like MTV. Yeah, I tried to. What about you, Rachel? <laughs> I was going to say something like the box. Oh, that was there, was, there was nothing better than being able to call your parents while they were at work and say, and this is when we had the A side and the B side of TV. And you just say, hey, can I order this video for however much it costs? It was like $1.99 or 99 cents. And to wait and watch for your favorite video to play. Yeah. Oh, and they, and I think they put your name on it. I think I want to say they, didn't they put said, your name on it. Are they you sure? I I feel I like they upgraded. Maybe they did. 
I feel like they they I I could have sworn at one point it was like Donnie, Rachel stop request. Fucking with me. All right, with the with the with the, the, the stack. Yeah, Donnie, stop fucking with right? Donnie. Stop dog fucking is with me. Donnie, get out of here. Stop. <laughs> the dog is smiling. All right, I'm telling y'all, it's on. We're on mailbag now. We've moved on. Uh, can I also add playing they outside? Might have put your name on the box. Playing, playing outside. outside. Yeah. Man. All right, you know what? Because of Donnie and Rachel, we're only going to do one more mailbag because <laughs> I'm ready to get off the podcast. All right. Uh, let's go to pretend dubs. They want to know if you could experience an album for the first time over again. Ooh, what would it be? Shoot, that's a good question. That's These a really great good question. question. Um, such a good question. You know what the answer really is? What? For me, the answer is Lil Wayne to Carter. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. This is not a bad, this is not a bad so, choice at all. So Lil Wayne to Carter. I've been listening to Lil Wayne for so long. And I knew that he was as talented as a rapper as we had heard in Louisiana. But I was so fucking shocked when I heard the Carter because of the next level that Wayne had went through. And it went to in his rapping and the production of the album, conceptually what the album was and all of that. I was literally riding around when I first heard the Carter listening to nothing else, probably for about two months. All around Baton Rouge, all around Miami, like all everywhere, just listening to the Carter, man. It's crazy. Okay. I'm going to say the blueprint. Okay. Because it was right around the time that I had taken all my country CDs and traded them into the CD shop and I had gotten rap CDs, right? I was just getting I was just getting into the music. I'll never forget my sister took me up to the store. When I listened to the blueprint and I heard all those songs that I could rap everything, I listened to it every single day on the morning on the way to school. The Michael Jackson beat on the Izzo. The song cry Crazy. with the Dave, not the song cry, song cry. Yes, that was just the one thing because I was going through a breakup. But the um never changed with the David Ruffin, and then the last song on the track had the two hidden songs, and you had the girls girls remix, and then of course Renegade. There's just too many. It was it was so it's an amazing album. Great, that's the one for me. It's amazing. Just kept getting better and better. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay, well guys, stay think caps off, but do not stop learning. Let me tell you something right now. Today on August 11th, 2022, I vow revenge (laughs) on both Donnie and Rachel, the two peas in the pod, Frick and fucking Frack, that colluded to embarrass me over Mountain Lion. That's fine. I accept it. Even play us fuck up. Donnie, Rachel, I will have my revenge. And, and by the way, rest easy for the for the when you least expect it. Least expect it. <laughs> That's enough. I'm off the podcast. Bye. Don't take shit off. Bye. I'm off the podcast. That's it. <laughs> Donnie, take yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, hell no. <laughs>